catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know. Heading to this Monday morning, August 1st. I'm Reagan Knight, and this is The Point from WUFT News. After experiencing above-normal temperatures this past month, Florida is now expecting to receive Saharan dust. I spoke with multimedia producer for Florida Public Radio Emergency Networks, Melissa Fato, on how the dust will impact the weather for this week. So what is this Saharan dust, and how does it get from Africa to Florida? The SAL, which is the Saharan air layer, um, which is this kind of cloud of dust that you hear being described, travels over the Atlantic to Florida. Um, and this is not like the first time or the last time this has happened. It's not a necessarily uncommon occurrence. But what is important to know is that it can change uh, the way weather behaves in any given place when it arrives um, to the continental U.S., so what impact will this have on the weather here? So I spoke to um, FPREN meteorologist Justin Ballard. He's one of the meteorologists um, I work with here at FPREN. And he essentially explained to me that the dust, basically, um, it's this very hot, dry air that moves over the peninsula, right? And it's not like insubstantial either. It can reach several miles deep in the atmosphere. And essentially, one of the things it can do is help keep sea breeze showers at bay. And sea breeze um, storms are, you know, storms that come in from uh, either the Atlantic or the Gulf. So it basically is going to drastically lower the chances of rain in the state over the next few days next week. So if less rain, daily high temperatures are expected to trend above average, and we're going to be seeing heat indices approach the lower 100s in most parts of the state. So just from what I'm reading here, the dust will lower the chances for tropical storm development. What's this mean for hurricane season? Yeah, so essentially in the next week or so, as this, uh, as the Saharan air layer passes over the Atlantic and into Florida, it's expected that we're going to see basically no tropical development in the Atlantic. And that's pretty much for the reason that I just described from what, again, from what I understand from the meteorologists, which is that this dry, hot air suppresses that tropical cyclone formation and intensification. So for that reason, it's it's pretty much extremely unlikely that we'll see any tropical development of any tropical storm, hurricane, tropical disturbance, um, at least in the next week. Uh, so that does have a, a part in sort of tampering down activity in the Atlantic, um, which so far this season has been pretty quiet, but most but this is the time of the season that typically tends to be quiet in the first place. Most tropical uh, development in the Atlantic is seen after August 1st. The Saharan air layer will be tamping down that activity, but it's also not unusual for this time of year for there not to be a huge amount of activity, but we're really getting ready for um, that heightened activity after the start of August. So with no tropical development, how will this affect temperatures and rain inland? Yes, yeah, so with that rain formation um, suppressed over the state, the rain cannot bring down surface temperatures, right? Because there's no rain happening. So with that, you will see um, higher temperatures than average. Again, with heat indices, that's that feels like uh, number on your weather forecast with heat indices approaching the lower 100s. So it will feel quite hot because there isn't um, any rain to bring down those surface temperatures. 
So how will this dust affect Floridians? Like if you're someone with allergies, how will this affect some of them? Sure. Well, you're unlikely to walk out the front door and see like a huge cloud of dust. Um, so it might not be that apparent to anyone in Florida that this is even happening. But those who have pre-existing respiratory issues or any sort of long-standing respiratory issues should be aware that increased dust in the atmosphere can lead to increased respiratory symptoms. So if you have asthma or COPD um, or even just allergies, you can notice that you are going to maybe coughing um, a little more or just find it um, harder to breathe, having some shortness of breath. That might be something that you're experiencing. Now, the good news is that one of the things that you could do, according to the American Lung Association, is wearing a mask outdoors. So I'm sure we all have tons of masks stocked up. So that's something that you can try doing is wearing a face mask when you're outdoors. Um, try and uh, minimize that contact with the dust. And you also don't need to have chronic issues like asthma or COPD. I mean, anyone, if you might go outside and just feel that you feel a little funny, maybe you have watery eyes or you're wheezing a little bit. Again, there's just ways to eliminate your exposure to that and um, help those symptoms and it won't last forever. That was F. Prince Melissa Fato on how Saharan dust will affect Florida's weather. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. Governor Ron DeSantis named Sherry Hill of Lake City to the school board of Columbia County. According to Main Street Daily News, Hill is running unopposed in the election for the school board's District 3 seat, so the governor's appointment only means she will join the board ahead of schedule. She replaces Steve Nelson a local physical therapist who resigned in January to take a job in Missouri after serving on the school board for two decades. Florida will get $70 million this fiscal year to address the effects of climate change on transportation infrastructure and evacuation routes as part of a new federal program. According to WUSF, the money can be used for highway and transit projects, bicycle and pedestrian projects, and port facilities that help improve evacuations or disaster relief. Today, WUFT News launches Watershed, an investigation into statewide water quality marking the 50th anniversary of the Clean Water Act and Florida Water Resources Act of 1972. Funded by a grant from the Pulitzer Center's Nationwide Connected Coastlines Reporting Initiative, University of Florida Journalism follows reports on the state's waters half a century after those sweeping laws. What progress can the state celebrate and what waters are still failing or worsening amid climate change, pollution, and outdated infrastructure? What bold actions are possible now? For more information and the answers to those questions on Watershed, visit WUFT.org. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org for more information. I'm Reagan Knight, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Monday.